0: Hi, I'm Caroline Egan, President for Benefits Alliance.
1: Hi, I'm Rob Green, co-host for the Benefits Alliance Voice with Ms. Caroline Egan.
0: And in today's voice, boy, have we got something to say.
1: We got a couple of heavy hitters with us to talk about a really important conversation that we have on a regular basis within Benefits Alliance.
0: Yeah. Today's focus, I really want us to really help our listeners understand what is national pharmacare? What's the issue and what's the impact to your typical plan sponsor or business owner? And what's the risk for the plan member?
1: What are the pros? What are the cons? What do these gentlemen and their staff deal with on a day to day basis when it comes to navigating the pharmaceutical landscape for their members and whether it's a simple drug or high cost medication that could be life changing for a lot of individuals. People got to be aware of some of the pros and cons that could be coming down the pipe. And we're here to look at all angles on behalf of Canadians and our, and our clients and employers in the, in the Canadian landscape.
0: You know, when we have our guests on, I always look for people that are passionate about their topic. And these two gentlemen have all the passion in the world for national pharmacare and helping people understand what is happening in the landscape, and where we're going for the future.
1: And both of these individuals have been very active with our board of directors and committees. So we're excited to get going with this and this is definitely gonna be one of a few topics we're gonna be having in future podcasts for sure.
0: Awesome, yeah, ongoing conversation. Let's bring them in and get started.
1: And we're very fortunate today to have our chair of the advocacy committee, Mr. Todd Steven, and also our board chair, Graham Young. Graham, welcome to The Voice. Thanks, Rob. Happy to be here.
2: Yeah, great to be here. It's a topic I'm,
1: I'm passionate about, as you well know. And maybe with that passion, we're, and we all feel the same way, but why don't we start for the audience, give a little simple explanation of what's been proposed by the government and what it could potentially mean for Canadians moving forward.
2: The proposal is as it, as it, as it kind of sits today, although it doesn't kind of sit in writing anywhere, but Uh, the one that's being floated is primarily uh, the one that's been suggested by the NDP um, as part of their supply and confidence agreement, but it's basically um, a proposal to move all drug coverage uh, to a single public uh, program, Um, which kind of sounds great on, on the surface. Um, but the reality of, of, uh, or I guess the the questions that get raised by that, um, are, are, are many. Um, you know, we've heard some of them, who's going to pay for it? What drugs are going to be covered? Um, is it going to be better or worse than for the 27 million Canadians that already have drug coverage than their current programs. Um, and it seems to kind of rest on two, two problems or premises or issues that, that are trying to be solved for. One is the, the, uh, that there are, are a huge percentage of Canadians that don't have drug coverage or access to drug coverage. And then the second is around all these new high cost drugs that are coming out, and um, who's paying for them now and who's not paying for them, who can access them and who can't. Um, so that's that's kind of how it's being presented to Canadians today under this one big umbrella
1: called National Pharmacare. So if I'm an employer and you made a good point there, if, is this meaning all the drugs would come out of my benefit plan? Because if I'm an employer and I could say. Great. Someone else is going to pay for the cost of drugs. Sounds good. But is that how it's going to work, Todd? Is there questions that we still have that are open-ended that we don't know yet?
2: Yeah. I. I uh, you know, for one of the, if you're and I'm someone who's covered by a drug plan currently listening to this, um, you might be focusing on whoa. You know, I've got pretty good coverage now, and what's this going to mean? If you're uh, one of the many many uh employers in canada small and large who are uh, currently have drug benefits as part of uh the group benefit plan you offer your employees then then you might be looking at it very differently as as, uh, as you mentioned um under the current proposal all of the people that currently have have drug coverage would, would have a lot less of it and so that's one of the reasons you know, that our organization and our member firms are concerned. Uh, so that what does that mean, that might mean that Rob or Caroline, um, um, are taking a medication today and having that medication covered by their benefit program and, and tomorrow that's, that's not going to be the case. Um, you know, what difference does that make in, in your lives or in the lives of Canadians? Well, it could mean that your health isn't as good tomorrow or your condition isn't being treated as well tomorrow under, uh, the program that is, as being floated, um, as, as it is today.
1: You so know, maybe where, you could clarify a little bit that my drug might not be covered on a national program. I'm just curious on that. Maybe expand on that a little bit.
2: Um, yeah, I'll. The the plan that's being used by the government to um, when they when they talk about the model that they're, they they want to use is is Quebec's provincial drug plan. Um, in, in rough numbers, that plan pays uh, or covers about half the number of drugs that most uh,
0: uh-huh. employer-sponsored
2: plans cover so that that that's the, the the numbers that's the statistics um what does that mean that that means that there's very likely a a huge portion of the canadian uh, population covered by these um group benefit programs through their employers that that there's going to be less coverage um when you dig a little bit deeper into that and go, I wonder why that is? Some of it's just the the, you know, the, the plan chooses to pay for one drug rather than another. Um, the provincial plan in Quebec, I'm, I'm saying, is an example. Um, but there are some other realities, like some of these new high cost medications that are coming out, ones that really do have a significant positive impact on health. Um, they take a lot longer to be evaluated and ultimately, if approved, added um, to these public plans like the ones like the one in Quebec. So again, what does that mean? Well, it that, that means that, you know, some medications that treat some pretty serious illnesses um, that typically hit group plans private group plans that a lot of canadians are covering and 27 million canadians um, that they're not available as as fast as they would otherwise be so there's there's a few things that play there for sure
0: so let me get this straight as a plan member i'm picturing myself tomorrow under a public system i would be on my medication go get my renewal get my prescription and all of a sudden it's not covered because that particular drug is not on the public system so what am i going to do i'm going to start coming back to my employer and say what happened where's my drug coverage why is this impacting my health this decision to have to take or get a different prescription than what was working for me already so it sounds like my health will definitely be impacted
1: and so there's question number one we have is is around the parameters of how it works what might have to fall back on a private benefit plan that doesn't that might be fully covered right now, but with a with a national program, a private plan might have to pick up supplemental coverage, right? Clarity still around that question. I think that's a great question that we would have back for any constituents listening today. And, and you talk about high cost drugs. And for those listening, in our industry, we've typically called them specialty drugs, drugs that typically cost $10,000 a year or more. You know, speak to that, Are one of our thoughts as an organization, Todd, about the paper that we wrote for the public and for members of parliament and our focus around the government and their access and not only access to it, but paying for these high-cost drugs.
2: So our organization is is quite, um, quite pleased that, that the topic of... Um, PharmaCare is, is the, the national uh, agenda. Um, we we, we uh, submitted a paper uh, to uh, the uh, Prime Minister's office, the Health Minister's office, and, and the leaders of the opposition um, outlining where we do believe that, that some of the issues that <clears throat> the National PharmaCare discussion seems to want to address um you know that we do believe that that they need attention you know one is that we don't believe any canadian should go without essential medications they should, they should have coverage to be able to have affordable out-of-pocket, out-of-pocket cost to to buy their their blood pressure medications their antibiotics their their um, their maintenance medications the the other part that that um, you know, this pharmacare discussion seems to want to uh, get at in some way, shape or form is um, the issue around high cost drugs. So in our paper that we um, that we sent to the Prime Minister and and the Minister of Health and, and the opposition leaders, we, we talk about how um, because of the advancements and, and evolution of, of, uh, of drug therapies, um, And the fact that um, Medicare, as we all know it in Canada, doesn't pay for drugs that are administered outside of a hospital, that there's a huge difference across provinces as to um, how these high cost drugs uh, get paid for between public and private. And so we are advocating actually that both, you know, access for all be addressed um, and that th- we take this opportunity to to hit reset and modernize the way that our medicare system um, pays for some of these high-cost drug therapies
1: and you made a couple of good points there todd first we have to recognize that every province currently administers their own provincial health care plan. It's not federally adjudicated right now. It's it's provincial based, So there's can be discrepancy of what's covered by a provincial plan for individuals right now from province to province. And Graham, maybe I'll bring you in here to talk about some concerns you have, you know, to emphasize Todd's points about what might be covered under some private plans, not covered under our under private plans or province to province.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think it's a really important thing to talk about, you know, largely Canadians have access, but it's it's to these different plans and you know it ranges from the Quebec plan where it's consistent, there's a maximum out of pocket cost, but then it goes to some some place like Ontario where unless somebody's spending a portion of their household income, they don't qualify. So there's a lot of variance there. But what we're seeing is people are, you know, potentially moving from one province to another, or employers are going well, you know, certainly where I am in Ottawa, having employees who live in Quebec versus Ontario, there's some employers that are just not wanting to hire somebody who lives in Quebec, because of the different rules they have to um, have to think about uh, with respect to drug coverage. So we've even had employers consider moving and and offering to pay for a home for an employee to move to another province because of the uh, the impacts on on the cost of their plan so there's a lot of variables there but definitely um, the patchwork is the problem
0: so i'm sitting here putting myself in the shoes of a plan sponsor a business owner many of which those are our typical clients the small to big size business owner and graham when I hear you tell a story about a client considering purchasing a house in another province because the drug system is so varied between provinces, I think, hey, single player, single payer, this sounds like a good idea. Why wouldn't we do this? Get rid of the headaches.
3: Yeah, and I think the, the thing is, is that businesses are, are okay trying to coordinate some of these things and make it simpler. But the devil's in the details. The problem is not drug coverage. The problem is expensive drug coverage and inconsistencies in drug coverage. So, so that's why I think, you know, employers should go, you know what, let's get together and talk about high cost drugs or talk about, you know, when my employee gets cancer, they think they're going to be covered in the hospital. And that's not the reality. So these are the things that employers are going, you, you know what, let's talk about this and let's modernize things. But they still like to know that day-to-day their employees are gonna get what they need quickly uh, and,
1: and be back to work. Yeah, and, and yeah. probably to cl- clarify with the cancer, it's a great point, Graham. It's not as if they won't get coverage, but there might be newer medication, less side effects as an example for an individual. They could take pills at home you know, with, if they have private coverage for that cancer medication and it has be extensive because we've seen cancer medication run at as much as eight or $9,000 per month for individuals. Great point.
2: The, if we go back, like, I think a, a lot of this, there's a lot of moving parts and, and I, you know, if, if Caroline asked a great question, which is, Hey, if there's all these issues, then then why wouldn't this be a great thing and the, this concept of 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 national pharmacare well i think to answer that question and say well you know the current uh environment in canada which is um you know medicare only pays for drugs inside a hospital well why was that what why why does that exist well it exists because when when medicare and the canada health act was developed Everything was in a hospital. You know, you had a hangnail. That was two weeks in the hospital. Heart attack, six months <laughs> in the hospital. Um, you know, and, and even up until recently, um, you know, chemotherapy. I mean, that that was in the hospital. That was that was a, an IV in your arm, comfortable chair, um, with with some wonderful people um, in our healthcare system around you, making sure that you were okay, and. And so the the private plans that paid for the antibiotics and the blood pressure medications and cholesterol medications and and even insulin and those types of things, they wrapped around a really, really, really good Medicare program. And, and as Canadians were known, right, around uh, the developed world as one of these uh, countries who has a good, strong national healthcare program. But we fast forward and now, um, you get chemo and a pill, like chemo and a pill. So you go, okay, well, that doesn't need a hospital. And so now that falls outside of the rules of Medicare. So the, the, the question about, hey, can someone take this off my hands, the world would be better um, as an employer who, who has to manage these programs? Um, yeah, maybe um, but I, but I, that's a big undertaking that maybe, you know, goes way further and is way more complicated and is way more costly with way more um, kind of unforeseen negative impacts on people than just kind of focusing on, well, we just modernize Medicare to acknowledge that now there's a pill for chemo.
1: And, and I think, you know, we're not saying we're against it at all. Not Nothing like that in the sense is that we, in this great country we live in, nobody should have to make a decision to be paying for food, rent, or their medication. We're not saying that one bit. In fact, we're we're advocating for a couple of key points, and maybe we could just kind of go around the table and talk about some of those big ones. You know, maybe Graham, what are a couple of key points you think that Canadians should know that Benefits Alliance is advocating for with a one-payer system,
3: yeah. So I think the the first thing that comes to mind for me is consistency. There's there is a a large amount of coverage across the country, but it varies, and and there needs to be consistency not only from what's covered and what is truly paid for in the public, but also the out-of-pocket costs at the end of the day. Yeah.
2: Todd, that that we want the the reform my guess, in, in public uh, health care as it relates to drugs and drugs being kind of uh, covered by, by what we're suggesting is the right payer, i.e. government versus private, that this get approached in a way so it can happen quickly and efficiently and with the least
1: amount of disruption to the greatest number of people because they're the private system to get people an idea. Currently there's over $22 billion in private drug spending that could potentially shift if all those go over to the public side. And I know they've talked about cost efficiencies, but a big one to me is administration. How the massive administration and undertaking required where people efficiently can take a drug card to a pharmacy, just pay their coinsurance if they have any, is, is, is not only convenient, but also more effective and cost effective for so many Canadians as we speak.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack here when I think about, okay, there's a National PharmaCare program on the table, but before we get into the details in our future episodes, I just simply wanna ask, why does BA care? Why are we talking about this? Who are we talking for? And why is it critical that people listen to this episode and future ones? Before we make some decisions,
3: yeah, I mean, I think the the reality is is that we're so in touch with this because we we literally feel the calls every day when somebody says, "I need to get this drug and I don't know how that works. I don't know where to go. I don't understand if I need a special clinic to get an injection. Um, why isn't this covered in the hospital?" So we see this every day, and and we really just we want to make it better. It, it can be better for Canadians.
2: Yeah. I, I, I guess I would, <clears throat> I would echo Graham's comments. I mean, who are we advocating for? Well, uh, ultimately we've got a, a system right now that needs some work, but is working. The drug card that Rob talked about a second ago is already in, um, you know the purses and wallets and on the phones um, of the vast majority of canadians and so we want to make sure every canadian has a card uh, firstly but secondly because of this discrepancy in in um in how people access some of these high cost medications across the country uh, and because we see what's kind of causing that, which just is just as simply an outdated um, approach to our our Medicare system. Um, we we'd like to see the you know people have a consistent experience, you know top tier healthcare regardless of whether it's a pill or a surgery, or a um, you know a drug that has to be in. You know, administered inside a hospital. We just we we'd like to get back to a uh, kind of a a balance between these systems that have worked so well for so long that makes sense. And so I- with
1: so many, so many, Caroline could jump in and we'll go one passion a point. And with so many struggles right now going on federally in our healthcare system, getting primary care, surgical wait times community cares and ro- remote communities. I think all we're asking is to have other stakeholders at the table, whether it's our organization Benefits Alliance, providers, employers, to have a thorough discussion and see all sides of this because this is a substantial decision when you're talking about potentially moving 25 million people to a public pro- program.
0: I think today we've had a great start to the conversation. We've talked about difference in coverage, what's being proposed, But I feel like our next episode, Rob, I'd love to bring these guys back and have further discussion about what's working well today in the public system and what are the pain points, and then do the same on the private side, what's working well and what are the pain points, and how could we build something for the future that's sustainable and equitable across Canada? That's what I think we've got to talk about next.
1: Guys, if you're open to it, we look forward to having you back. Graham Young, Todd Stephen... Thank you for joining us today in the Benefits Alliance voice. Yeah, thanks for having
2: us.
3: Thanks, guys.